Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Mets Mamas. Today, granddaughter Colette Zabo honors her maternal grandmother, Nina. From growing up in Iran to picking wild cherries in Central Park, Colette shares the adventures of her grandmother. Welcome, Colette. Thank you, Anush. It's an honor. We have been in the United States since '77. My grandmother. We are from. We are Armenians from Iran, and my, we've been there for generations. My grandmother was born in the north in an area called Mazandaran, and um, her mother died when my grandmother was very young, and um, she was very, very close to her father. She was very, Nina Mama, as we call her, uh, was very interested in nature and medicine and healing. But her father forbid her from going to medical school for some reason. So she went down the traditional um, traditional road uh, for a young lady of that era. Uh, met, met my grandfather, fell in love, got married, and established a family. Um, we Armenians are Christians, of course, and we were welcome to live in Iran for many generations. Once the government changed, it became Muslim. Uh, my parents felt that it was no longer safe for us to live there, so we moved to the United States in 1977 when I was seven. I've essentially grown up here, but my grandmother's influence has always been present um, Maybe more so for me than my sister, because my sister was only a year old um, when we came here. But um, she had a big impact on us. She was my mom's mom. She lived with us. She was the matriarch of the family. And she helped keep traditions alive with her stories and her cooking and instilling basic values of goodness in all of us. Um, A big appreciation for nature. We had a... Fairly big earthquakes are common in California. We're kind of they're still scary, but they're somewhat we're somewhat used to them. There was an earthquake in the summertime, I remember, and um, I was still asleep. Her sister was visiting from New York. They would trade visiting each other over the summer. My uh, my grandmother's sister lived in Manhattan, and, and um, sometimes my grandmother would go to New York for the summer to visit her sister Violet or um, as Violet would visit us. And she happened to be, Violet happened to be visiting us. So I, w- I gave her my bed, and I was sleeping on the ground in the room. And next thing I know, my grandmother walks in with something in her palms she's holding. And she says, Coco, she she nicknamed me Coco. Coco, look. Oh. I said, what is it, Grandma? I, I woke up, I'm like, what is it, Grandma? We had just had an earthquake. And um, a baby bird had fallen out of its nest. And I don't even know how my grandmother knew it was there and went and rescued it. And we ended up raising that little bird. Aww. So she, she, oh, she loved nature. She loved all creatures. She did everything she could to take care of nature around her. She had a green thumb. She could make anything grow. Beautiful mm-hmm. garden. And she loved planting things that were unusual and rare for for our climate here, whatever she could get a hold of. She was a very special person. Grandmothers, we usually are very, very special. It's um, That's amazing. You know, she, not that many people have their grandmother's 
live with them these days. But for Armenians, it, you see, it, it is uh, something that you do see and you still see today. But in general, like here in America, you don't see always see that. So it's really heartwarming. And so you must have so many stories and so many great memories to share. What was what were some of the stories she shared with her uh, with you about her uh, childhood or any stories? I I never forget the the one about the night that her father was passing away. So like I said, my grandmother was very very kind and understanding of the nature around her and the creatures. She never assumed that any creature was inferior to her. And I remember my grandmother telling me how astounding it was that she knew her father was on his deathbed and he was about to cry. And um, she told me that his horse shed tears. And I think that she understood more than any of us really do that just because there's a language barrier between us and other creatures, they still have a sense of love. Um, There's a lot we don't know about them. Um, a social structure, they have um, affection, they have emotion, they have, uh, they're a lot more complex than some of us uh, give them credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think my grandmother really understood that from a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, The story about her father's horse crying when he was dying is just Mm -hmm. something that's stuck with me. I'm now 52 and I think about it every single day there's a population of um, people from India. They are Jains. That's their um, religion. One of my very close girlfriends, she's Jane, and she's taught me that every every element of life deserves respect and has a, a, a right to to life, including mm-hmm. the tiniest ant that we trample on without even realizing. It's that kind of respect for nature that I think made my grandmother such a special person. And she commanded respect. She was the matriarch of our family, and she commanded so much respect just because of the person she was. She she was quite a character. She, had, uh, she lived with us. She had her own room. And um, she had a closet full of the most unusual things. We would be out shopping, and she'd be like, no, 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 don't waste your money. I have that. Why do you have this, Grandma? (laughs) And we'd go home, and she'd go into her closet, and she had this grabby thing. She'd grab something off the top shelf or hanging from hooks. I mean, that closet was, I wish I had, back then there were no cell phones with with cameras on them. I wish we had that just to record her sitting on the ground trying to do inventory of the most ridiculous things she had in there. My father, for example, he would be restoring cars. My father is quite handy. But, you know, sometimes, you know, dad would need something unusual, like the pull on a light bulb. You know those light bulbs that have that chain thing that you pull and it turns the light on and off? I, I have one she right had, behind me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She had spares. I mean, this is an exaggeration, but she really did have things like that. But you'd be like, why do you have this? And she was always like, well, it's on sale. It's probably going to come in handy. I'll just buy it, put it in the closet, and as soon as my son-in-law wants it, I'll have it. And she did. It was hilarious. She had everything in that closet. She was such a character. She used to, um, like I said, she used to visit her sister in New York or 
her sister would visit us here. And she, my grandmother loved Manhattan. It was such an adventurous place for her. And she was very, um, she wasn't, she was, uh, how, did you, how do you say, um, she was very confident and she liked exploring other cultures and other people. She'd go into Harlem and, you know, back then everybody was like, no, 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 you got to stay out of Harlem. That's not your territory and that kind of thing. My grandmother was like, they're people just like us, and I want to go visit. I want to go see them. I want to go to their shops, their eateries. I want I want to, you know, she was very adventurous and very loving of people in general. She never said, oh, this person's from a different culture, speaks a different language. I don't want to have anything to do with that person. She was mm-hmm. the opposite. She wanted to know more. She wanted to make friends. And, you know, and I think a lot of that she did through food, you know, exchanging recipes, offering food. Um, there are some basic things, basic acts of kindness that I think that humans just, sometimes we forget we're all really the same, you know? And I think she understood that, and that's why she was so loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She happened to be um, going through Central Park one day. This is a long time ago. This is like in the 80s. And... um you know, my grandmother is from that generation of foragers. That's what they did. So mm-hmm. she knew what she was looking for, and she found some berries on a bush, and she started picking them, and her sister's like, cut it out. You can't do that. We're in Central Park. And <laughs> she's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. These are Cornelian cherries. Of course, back then we didn't know their name was Cornelian cherries. Nobody knew what they were. They looked like cherries, but <laughs> they're kind of like, uh, what do you call them, rose Rose hips, I suppose. Anyway, so there she is picking away at this bush, and policeman on horseback um, strolls by and says, "Excuse me, ma'am, what are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, um, hello, officer. I'm just picking some cherries." And he's like, "Cherries? That's really cherries on a bush? Really?" And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah. I wouldn't eat it like this, but you know, you should take a handful home and add some sugar and boil it in some water, a syrup, and make it into a jam. And she knew the medicinal properties. It's wonderful if you have a cold and a cough. It soothes your cough. Plus, it's delicious. So she she totally charmed this police officer. He was completely captivated. He's like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take some home. Thank you for picking them. Yeah. By the way, what are these things called? And she was like, I, I don't know what they're called in English, you know. I don't know what they're <laughs> called. In Farsi, they were called Zoalakhte. But in English back then, we didn't know the name of these things. So she thinks for a little while. She goes, well, I suppose they're called Javadian cherries. And he says, Javadian. I've never heard of that. How interesting. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and so he takes a good handful. Off he goes with his Javadian cherries. And her sister standing there shaking her head. Javad was their um, their family name. Their um, their Baldassarian, but Javad was like uh, I think some generations had to have a Persian name, a Persian mm-hmm. alias. So mm-hmm. we used to call my grandmother Javad as a joke. Sometimes General Javad or whatever. <laughs> so she was quite a character. I love the story. I think it it really connects with everything that you do. I first learned of you through Instagram of all places as Coco in the kitchen and just lured into all of the divine dishes and the images and you're constantly making something wonderful. Thank thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you. I mean, and I and now I can see these connections. So it's it's wonderful that you know these it's tied in with your mezmama. Yeah, so a lot of the recipes are my grandmother's and my mother's and my my dad's mom, my um, Nina Mama's Nozuk recipe. Nozuk is a quintessential Armenian pastry, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Strusel stuffed uh, rolls of pastry that are incredible. Um, the closest thing I, I can say is the Jewish rugula is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nina Mama's uh, Nozuk recipe is on my blog. Um, she also made something I, I haven't posted the recipe. It's a simple um, nut butter, nut excuse me, nut toffee, a nut brittle. That's it, uh, almond brittle. She used to do it with sesame seeds or almonds, and uh, it's a simple butter toffee recipe. That's um, you know, in America we always add the baking soda at the end to make it froth up but her recipe didn't call for baking soda, and it's delicious. I probably should share that. It's so simple and so good, especially with the holidays coming. Sounds divine. Yeah, Mm. it's really easy. Very fattening, unfortunately, but that's why it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're you're Nina Mama were here um, amongst us, what would you want to say to her? You know, I still I still dream about her every now and then. It's very interesting. She died um, nearly 30 years ago now, in 96. Mm-hmm. And um, I miss her every single day. She raised mm-hmm. me because both my parents were young and working. My mother was a bank manager. My father was an executive in a large insurance company. Um, they had me two years after they got married. They were high school sweethearts, and their mothers were friends. So... We were a very closely knit family, um, and so I, I think what I wanted—I'd want to say—is I'm sorry for all the hell I put her through <laughs> when I was a kid, and she was trying to, you know, bring me up and you know go shopping every day back then. That's what the ladies did: is they went shopping for fresh food every single day. They went to the butcher. They went, to, you know, everything was. Distinct, right? Back then, we didn't have supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Not real. I mean, we did, but um, one particular supermarket apparently had nicknamed me the earthquake because when I walked in, I just grabbed stuff off the shelf out of other people's shopping carts. And oh my poor grandmother, <laughs> so so patient with me. I think I would want to apologize for all the hell I put her through. One day, I got really upset apparently and opened the door and walked out. She was busy cooking something and I just I was such a bad kid such a bad bad kid but I think I I would want to apologize for putting her through so much and and tell her how much I love her you know when when she passed away I asked my mom I go mom I don't think I told her enough that I I don't think I told her I don't think she knew I loved her and you feel guilty sometimes when you lose someone you really love Mm -hmm. my mother said of course she knew you loved her you told her all the Mm -hmm. time and Spending time with her, she knew. Mm-hmm. You always had time for her. You always made time for her. She knew you loved her. But, um, well, she, yeah. Well, she's made such a, a big impact on your life and yours on her, your life on hers as well, I'm, I'm sure, and that closeness. So um, all those moments add up to a whole lot of love. So, um 
it's just heartwarming to hear all of the feelings that you have for your uh, your meds, Mama Nina. It's just uh, just lovely, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing um, her and in yourself um, with our listeners of the Meds Mamas. So thank you. Thank you Colette. for thank thank you, Anush John. This podcast is so valuable, and you take so much time and effort into putting these interviews together, and it's so important for the younger generations to see what beautiful heritage we have and the stories are just there's there's so there's things that we would miss if you weren't doing this for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's very, very enjoyable. It's a treasure. And I'm so oh. ha- lucky that I stumbled on you on Instagram. <laughs> Same here. Hachulwachun. Hachulwachun. All right. Peace. Thanks again for listening. You can find Colette at Coco in the Kitchen on Instagram. Special thanks to sound designer and musician Aris Beakley for creating the beautiful music for season two. You can find Aris at Noiship on Instagram. To stay updated on new episodes, please give us a follow. And if you know an incredible Medsmama, you can contact us through Instagram at the Medsmamas or go to themedsmamas.com. <laughs>